Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and food peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 259 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And you look exhausted. Obviously, I can't see you right now. That's creepy. But I have a feeling if you are in the space of rejecting diet culture, recovering your relationship with food, trying to mend your body image, and living amongst all those things that are so hard, you're really tired and wondering if you're doing it wrong because you're so tired and it's just not feeling productive. Well, here's the thing. Diet culture is fucking with you. And I have a letter today from someone who is in that really exhausted space of trying, trying, and trying to recover their relationship with food. But it's trying. (laughs) It's really trying on them. And they're wondering if they're doing it wrong. This episode's letter writer has a history of trauma and also a family who is just so knee-deep in diet culture. It's certainly not helping things. We get to hear from Alyssa Scolari, who is a therapist and trauma expert who has some really important insight that I know you're going to really appreciate. But before we get to this episode's letter and get to hear from Alyssa, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Ovofolic. What is Ovofolic? Well, I had that question too. But Ovofolic is a new to me inositol supplement. If you have PCOS and you have listened to podcasts on PCOS that I've been interviewed on, or you have done my course, you know that I talk all the time about inositol supplementation. We know that people with PCOS probably have a defect or deficiency with certain inositols, and that's what leads to insulin resistance, issues with ovulation, and higher androgen levels. 
Adding an inositol supplement to your PCOS regimen is something that for many people helps to improve ovulation, lower androgens, and lower insulin, blood sugars, and even improve symptoms of anxiety. Recently, I jumped on the phone with Dr. Pari, one of the founders of the small company called Elon Healthcare that makes Ovofolic. She also sent me samples to, to try. I was so impressed with all that Elon Healthcare is doing. It's a small women-owned and led company, not a big corporation. They love providing a personal touch. Dr. Pari responds to all customer emails herself. She also oversees every aspect of the manufacturing and the ingredients of Ovofolic. So I know not all inositol ingredients are the same. I really like knowing there's a choice in good quality inositol supplements with the recommended 40 to 1 ratio. Avofolic has no taste or smell. I can totally vouch for that because I tried it myself. And of course, has these really high quality ingredients. Avofolic comes in easy to carry single dose packets with again, that 40 to one ratio. So you can feel rest assured that you're getting the recommended amount for the maximum therapeutic effect. So Avofolic has a special offer for Love Food listeners. Use the coupon code FOODPEACE at checkout for 15% off. Go to elonhealthcare.ca and click on their product, Avofolic. It's spelled O-V-O-F-O-L-I-C to learn more. Use code FOODPEACE, all one word, to get 15% off. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I am not sure if you and I can ever have a peaceful relationship. Lately, I am exhausted with recovery and the daily struggles of trying to eat intuitively, feeling like I am failing and wanting to change my body. It feels like there is too much stress in my life that I do not have any energy left to try to go against the mainstream's ideas on food and dieting that on bad days, I wish that I had never heard of intuitive eating and embarked on this journey. I realized that we have had a complicated relationship after reading intuitive eating for the first time. I bought it on a whim, looking for an end to the food and exercise tracking madness, but still desperately wanting to change my body. I wanted to teach myself the quote, right way to eat. I thought I was doing well, eating intuitively and generally feeling at peace. This was until it was pointed out to me that I was following the intuitive eating diet, and this realization launched a pretty steep decline in my recovery. I know that the behaviors I had were not healthy, and that at one time I realized that I needed help with them. But since I am not able to separate intuitive eating with the, quote, intuitive eating diet, I am so confused and apprehensive to try to relearn it. Was everything I had learned the last three years completely wrong, and how could I have missed the mark so much? Part of me wants recovery, and the other part of me knows it will continue to be very challenging, and I do not feel like I have it in me to stay on this path. I don't think I can go back to how I was before, but I continue to be in what feels like a half-recovered space. Working through my disordered food behaviors illuminated that I have a lot of personal trauma and feelings that I was using disordered behaviors to cover up and to deal with. As I worked through those, I noticed the disordered food behaviors creeping back in like an old friend, wanting to help me cope. 
I realize diet culture is everywhere. And because it is everywhere, I feel exhausted by constantly defending my position to people and not giving in to the allure of what I know now to be another diet. My extended family gatherings that involve food consist of comments about amounts of food, good slash bad foods, needing to work off the food, or some special ingredient that will save us all from disease. Yoga has been a refuge, but walking into the studio, I might read a flyer for a weight loss cleanse, overhear conversations about diets, hear body negativity from other yogis, and even some of the teachers. I attended a yoga teacher training informational session, thinking it would be a good challenge for myself to take my yoga practice to a new level and left feeling completely defeated after learning that one of the training modules was around how to eat like a yogi. Sharing my own baked treats with co-workers inevitably invites a litany of body and diet comments, as well as their own personal justifications for eating or not eating the food I brought. I created an Instagram account for my dog because I thought it would be a fun way to share the funny things he does. Do you know how much diet culture permeates Instagrams about dogs? A lot. I cannot shut off the continuous diet culture that is everywhere in my life. Something has to change. Perhaps I'm not fully on board with intuitive eating and health at every size, and that there are still pieces of diet culture I'm hanging on to. All I know right now, food, is that I am mad. I am mad that I know that my food behaviors aren't healthy for me, but I want to keep doing them because it felt like I was in control. I have so much shame for having this problem at all that I can hardly admit it to myself. I justify this by fully embracing that I hate my body and that, of course, then the disordered eating makes sense. I'm so tired of starting over with different therapists, finding yet another book that I put my salvation into, hoping that, yes, maybe this one will click and I will magically love my body and I will become a true intuitive eater. Will I ever feel normal around new food? Will I ever want to take care of my body instead of punishing myself for making a mistake at work? Getting into an argument with a loved one or accidentally reading a diet message on a magazine cover and feeling self-loathing. Can I enjoy your food without feeling an intense desire to want to exercise or restrict later? Can I trust you food knowing that my IBS may cause days or weeks of intense intestinal pain and fear of you food? Will I be able to go to my doctor and not be completely obsessed for weeks after accidentally seeing my weight and shame for feeling good that it was lower than I what I thought? It all feels too much and I feel entirely ungrounded. I realize that this letter is even contradictory, stating that I wish I could have my old food behaviors back and also knowing that I have learned and made progress. I'm just not sure, food, that I'm even on the right path or even what the right path is. Sincerely, wanting to check out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much, Letter Writer, for sharing with us the details of what you're experiencing. Thank you for 
trusting us with all this information. And we're going to handle it with care. And in particular, I'm going to give Alyssa Scolari a call. Alyssa is a therapist who specializes in helping people with trauma who are also recovering from eating disorders. And she's going to have some wisdom for us. So let's go ahead and give Alyssa a call. Hey, Alyssa, it's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And I am hoping that you got a chance to read through the the letter I sent you. Did you get a chance to do it? I did. I have read it several times um, because it just resonates. It resonates so much with me. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to dive in then. Um, And, you know, something about this letter that I think is important to mention to the listener is this letter writer. um, I don't have this person's pronouns. So we'll reference this person um, without pronouns then with like letter writer or this person. Um, But we just want to make sure we mention that as we're kind of going forward. And when we, when you read through this letter, you know, what, what was your general impression? Cause I know for me, there was lots to it that I know uh, many listeners are going to be like, Oh yes, that is me. So what was your general impression about what this person's experiencing? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I, as I was reading this, this letter, I was visualizing this person just being like pulled in in opposite directions and, and feeling a sense of like despair and being in this state of cognitive dissonance where like, you know, what they know isn't necessarily matching with their behavior sometimes, or isn't necessarily matching with what the rest of the world is saying. And it's like, I feel like this person is just like, feels like he, she, or they are at the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, you know, as I, as I alluded to earlier, it's just reading this letter I saw so much of myself in this. And I also agree with you that I think so many people feel this way where they get to a place of like, okay, I have done almost all of the research I possibly can on intuitive eating and I still feel helpless. So it's like, now what? Yeah. And and I know people can be stuck in that now what for years. You know, they can really feel that. Yeah. Yes. And I was, I was one of those people, you know, when I, I have, I spent 20 years of my life just immersed in diet culture. And when I started the journey to intuitive eating, there were several years where, you know, that consisted of several meltdowns on my bathroom floor, just saying, this doesn't work. I can't fight the majority of people who are constantly talking about their diets. I too, as this letter writer mentions, was always around family members and friends who were obsessed with like working food off as soon as they ate it. And like all, you know, all the dinnertime, lunchtime, breakfast conversations were centered around how can I work off these potatoes, pancakes, you know, French fries, whatever it may be. Oh, it's so hard. And it just reinforces that 
cognitive dissonance that you mentioned. And, you know, that phrase has been a really important one for me in my own relationship with food and, and like learning about diet culture and especially as a dietitian, you know, trained to put people on diets as a dietitian, um, cognitive dissonance was like a really, um, once I really had a, a phrase for what I was experiencing, it was what helped me to really shit, like move through the shit, like move through the cognitive dissonance basically. And, um, which honestly was like such an exhausting space to be in, but also like super formative. But as I'm talking about that, I'm like, I have a feeling there's going to be many people listening who are like, what the hell is cognitive dissonance? Do you have like a good definition for it? (laughs) So I, I always equate cognitive dissonance for just being this fancy term for feeling torn. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like the same thing where it's like, you know, you're out of alignment. You're not aligned. Like what you feel and what you're doing aren't matching up or, you know, your head and your heart are pulling you in two different ways. I, I feel like it's just, no matter the circumstance, the cognitive dissonance boils down to I'm being torn in opposite directions, essentially. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I, I, um, if someone's listened to the podcast before they'll recall like my, like one of the most important stories for me was like when I was teaching, um, I was helping people with eating disorders recover. And then I also was helping higher weight people to lose weight. And part of my job was teaching these classes for this unnamed, super intense diet company that I will never name because I'm like, they should not make another dime. But the place that I was working made so much money because we helped people use this diet. And I was teaching a body image class and helping people in this body image class to like accept their bodies and avoid the binary with good and bad foods. But then I was also like putting them on this diet. And I was like, this is such a mind fuck. I can't, I can't do it. And I was, it was supposed to be a 30 minute class and it was three minutes long. And I just said the class was over and I got called into my boss's office and I burst into tears. (laughs) And I was like, I can't do this. And she was like, well, if you want this job, you basically have to keep teaching this class. And so I eventually figured out a way to quit. Um, it, it was, it was, I didn't sleep for weeks at that point. And I, as I'm like saying this, I'm like, I appreciate that that time was not really that long. Um, like we said, people can be stuck in that torn space for a really long time. And that is exhausting. totally exhausting. Um, Oh my gosh. It's, it's so exhausting. And I have found that, you know, for folks who, who are, who are heavier or for folks who identify as being fat or who struggle with, you know, more binge eating disorder going to treatment. So I, I went to a treatment center when Mm I, um, when I was in my twenties and wanted to start this process of recovery and, I was one of the few people with binge eating disorder, also with folks who were struggling with more anorexia. And I remember I never felt a deeper state of like that cognitive dissonance than when I was in that treatment, because Mm -hmm. everybody around me was being told to eat. And to put on weight. And I was sort of like the only one that was being told, like, you need to take weight off. Oh, no. um, 
Oh, you know, to the point where I was actually discharged from the program because they were saying that I was non-compliant with treatment um, because I was continuing to gain weight. Wow. Because I, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just reacting to like how fucked up that is because I'm thinking about you as a person trying to recover your relationship with food and how that would just hammer in more disordered eating and, and like violence, you know, like more trauma with your relationship with food. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Which is why it's even hard seeking treatment, right. When Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to go on the path of intuitive eating, because some treatment centers truly are not intuitive eating based, despite the fact that maybe they say that they are. So I'm like really relating to this person's sense of like, almost like who in this world can I trust that actually is an intuitive eater? Yes. Yeah. And has the lived experience that you're talking about, like, um, you know, has been in, in the depths of that cognitive dissonance and felt so torn, been on the bathroom floor sobbing, you know, like yes. gets that kind of pain. And um, that I, yeah, like you sharing that has been really important for me to hear because, and I, and I'm, I know there's, um, a listener or two right now who are also like, I'm so glad that she can relate to what I'm experiencing right now because yeah, there's a lot of mixed messages that are really um, rationalized, (laughs) you know, in in treatment centers and, you know, you going to treatment and any listener who's gone to treatment, that's a really big deal. Like it's, you give up, you know, you, you go somewhere else, you live in another, oftentimes another state and you're there for, weeks, months, and it's expensive. And, um, you give up your rights basically to access a lot of things that are, we like to access in our day to day. So it's a really big deal, but then also to be told you're non-compliant because you're not pursuing the thin ideal anymore. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it was uh, fucking infuriating. I mean, to this day, I, I can't even, uh, the time, the amount of times that I've rolled my eyes, just sharing that story is, it's off the charts. They're, they're rolling out the door. You know? They're rolling right <laughs> out the door. I'm, I'm disgusted by the way that all of that went down. That's awful. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. And, and, you know, considering what this letter writer is going through or, you know, you, when you were on the bathroom floor or anyone who's listening and can relate to those experiences, what would you recommend as some first few steps forward? Yeah. So I, you know, I feel really, really grateful for the opportunity to be able to respond to this letter writer, because I think so much of what I'm about to say is what I wish that somebody had said to me, you know, a a few Mm -hmm. years back when I was in this space. And I think the first thing that I'd, I'd like to say to this person is you've already done so much work. Like, you know, In this letter, there's so much like, you know, how did I manage to get this so wrong? And what I want to say is you've not gotten anything wrong. You've already done so much work. The research trying, you know, trying to learn the basics of intuitive eating is so hard. Even being open to stepping into the intuitive eating world is a huge choice in itself. So I feel like this person needs to give his self, herself, their self a little bit more credit. And I'm going to give this person some credit on the podcast <laughs> because this is incredible. This person has already like come so far in my eyes. 
Yeah, that's so important because it's otherwise it's like um, continually like putting a pile of crap on yourself because of like not doing it right. When in reality, like this person has made so many huge steps like to reject diet culture, just in asking some of the questions and noticing these things. Like these are really powerful things that this person is connecting with. And yeah, I wish they could, I don't know, give themselves that like pat on the back, you know, a little pat on the back, especially because this person has already linked, right. I, I turn to my eating disorder more when my, my trauma symptoms are, are exacerbated or like this person has already made that connection. And that in itself is monumental. And it, it doesn't feel like that for that person, right? For this person, it's sort of like, well, okay, now what I've made these connections now, what? And I think that this is the part where intuitive eating gets very tough because we are looking for ways. I think when we start out on this journey, we just want to get it right. Mm-hmm. And that thought pattern in itself is still like in a diet culture frame of mind, because we want to, you know, just as, as we would on any diet, we want to get it right. We want to abide by the rules of the diet. And the thing that I think makes intuitive eating so difficult is that the rules are different for everybody because all of our bodies are so incredibly different. Oh, that's so important. That is so important. I think it it's taking like the intuitive eating diet that the letter writer mentions and, and going deeper with it, you know, like really shining a light on some of the trapped spots of like, as, as long as it's continued to be framed as like a right or wrong, it's going to lead you in the direction you're not wanting to go. Absolutely. Especially if you like this person, you know, is somebody who has sensitivities, like this person was saying that they have IBS Mm -hmm. and I strongly relate to this because I actually had multiple food insensitivities and, and didn't know. And I became so sick that I had to cut out quite a few foods in my, you know, in, in my diet, which made intuitive eating even harder, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's like no gluten, no dairy. And that was really tough for me. So, you know, I, I think that that's where intuitive eating, a lot of people stop is like, it's just, you know, read this book, learn these things. But then there's this second step where this letter writer is clearly on the journey to, which is how do I take what I know and apply that to my body? And learn what my body is telling me is right for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, in order to do that, like one has to experiment, right. And, and um, make these experiments in a way that sometimes it's going the way you want to go. And sometimes it's not, and it's all, and keeping into that like black and white space, it's just going to make it feel like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Cause I'm messing up, you know, but in reality, it's like, you have to kind of explore different options in order to figure out, yeah, what it's, what is it going to look like for you? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a hard space. And yeah, IBS, of course, any, any kind of GI issue certainly complicates this. Of course, I know Alyssa is a trauma specialist, you know, like IBS is something that happens so frequently with people who are recovering from trauma. And, um, I have a, a colleague and friend, her name is Beth Rosen, who specializes in IBS using like weight inclusive intuitive eating kind of strategies in case anyone listening to it is like, Oh, that's me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She's someone to you know look her up on uh, Instagram or um, 
on her website, she has lots and lots of content for someone in that space. And, you know, for someone who has like, you know, this, this person identifies a trauma history and also this like cognitive dissonance, is there something that you have found to kind of help um, someone to kind of continue to move forward when they have that kind of history? Yes. So, right. This person has, you know, a history of trauma. We've got lots of cognitive dissonance and, you know, from reading this letter, this person is clearly so overwhelmed with all of it and the lack of, and feeling very isolated with the lack of support for intuitive eating. And when you get to this point in the journey, and I just want to emphasize that this is such a normal place to be. It doesn't mean that this process isn't working because so many of us have been exactly where this person is. And when we get to this point where it all feels like too much, my suggestion is let's slow down. Let's try to turn down all of the noise in your head and tune into your body a little bit. And what I mean by that, is it okay if I keep going? I don't want to like, sure. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So what I mean by that is, you know, diet culture and trauma are two things that cause us to be very disconnected from our bodies. It causes us to tune out and diet culture makes us think that if we just kind of use our brains to follow this certain plan, our bodies will be exactly what we want it to be. And nobody ever in diet culture says, hey, maybe you should let your body tell you what to eat, what you need. And a lot of times we can't at first, like when, when we say like, well, what does your body need? I've had people come into my office that say, I can't even feel hunger and fullness. So when all of this intuitive eating stuff feels so overwhelming, my, my first reaction is then let's slow down. Let's stop reading. Let's tune into our body. And that can look like something as simple as taking some Epsom salt in the shower, scooping it in your hand and exfoliating your skin in the shower. It might take you all of three minutes. But that is a very simple way for you to even connect with some kind of sensations in your body. Does that make sense where I'm going? Yes, with that? 100%. Like, um, it sounds like it's um, finding ways to connect with your body that are outside of food to like yes. repair those like connections and um, practice having connections in your body that feel more accessible. Yes. And let's awaken your body signals because we've been taught to shut them out. We've been taught to shut them off. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's awaken your body signals in, in whatever ways we can. And there are lots of ways we can do that. You know, I I know this person has mentioned yoga and and unfortunately for this letter writer, it sounds like her, his, her, or their yoga experience was not so good. Yeah. Um, But sometimes- Yeah. I I know sometimes yoga can really help with that. The Epsom salt baths or the Epsom salt scrubs can help with that. Or even just sitting for all of 30 seconds in a self hold. So, you know, opposite arm to opposite shoulder, like you're hugging yourself. It might feel silly, but when you start to look at your body and say, Hey, I'm ready for you to tell me what you need. Mm-hmm. those signals are going to start to awaken inside of you. Oh, that's so great. I love the permission to, to slow down, um, yeah. that you don't have to keep like charging, charging, charging. Like it's okay to 
turn the dial down and um, kind of just be for a little while and, and work on repairing that moment. I think that's so, so important. And, um, you know, so there's something on this podcast, Alyssa, called the, the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the show, that's a collection of resources that help us with our relationship with food. And it's things like blog posts, other podcasts, movies, books, and you can uh, connect to the latest copy at juliedillonrd.com slash freebies. And Alyssa, do you have any, anything that you would like to add to it? So I, and this might not be something very tangible, but one of the things that I think can be really helpful for folks who find themselves constantly infiltrated with diet culture is to do a, a mental exercise. And I call it like the golden shield. So Mm -hmm. visualizing when you're walking in someplace and it sounds a little hokey, but it truly is, I have found very helpful is visualizing a bright golden shield around you. And when those diet culture comments hit you, let it bounce off your shield. And the more things come your way, the stronger your shield gets. And I have found that even just, you know, and listen, your shield can be pink, purple, sparkly, (laughs) rainbow, whatever you want it to be. But I have found that that sometimes can help is those visual exercises as well to help you not absorb all of that like diet culture banter. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's like, that sounds like such a wonderful visual. That's right up my alley, but for sure. And Alyssa, I know you have a podcast. Um, do you have like a podcast episode where you talk about that or a blog post or anything? So I, I do have a podcast. I have a couple of podcast episodes with some really phenomenal intuitive, intuitive eating, um, experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is with her name is, uh, her name is Colleen Christensen and she, her Instagram handle is no food rules. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I have another one with dietitian Tiana mm-hmm. and she talks about that's her Instagram handle. So I do have a, quite a few podcast episodes where we talk about like intuitive eating and different, um, different ways to view intuitive eating. And I don't know, there's some real, there's a lot of golden nuggets in there. Awesome. Um, so I highly recommend those episodes. Good. I will put those in the show notes and the golden shield as well. We'll reference that in the show notes too, in case someone's listening is like, I need to remember that part. (laughs) (laughs) And um, thank you for all that information and all your expertise um, on behalf of the letter writer and any listener who can relate to that. And if someone wants to find out more about you, wants to check out your podcast, where can they find you? They can head right on over to lightaftertrauma.com. All right. That will also go in the show notes, I'm writing it down right now. Um, and um, again, thank you so much for your expertise, your wisdom, your compassion, sharing your lived experience. I know it's going to be super valuable to this letter writer and, and the listener. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Alyssa Scolari was helpful for you. I hope it provides some respite in the space you're in right now. Like Alyssa and I said, we hear the cognitive dissonance and we know that is a super exhausting space to be in, but no, you're not doing it wrong. I see that food is written back, but before we get to food's letter, this episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and food peace course. 
Get to all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. This episode was also brought to you by the makers of Ovofolic. Ovofolic is a new way to get your inositol supplement for those of you affected by PCOS. Just for Love Food listeners, you can get 15% off using the coupon code FOODPEACE or go to the special link. Go to elonhealthcare.ca slash discount slash foodpeace. Remember, Elon is spelled E-L-A-N. Again, it's elonhealthcare.ca slash discount slash foodpeace. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I always appreciate a rating, a review, subscribe, or share an episode. Seriously, I know you hear it every single episode, but doing that really helps the show grow, and I thank you in advance. All right, let's get to Food's Letter, and until next time, take care. Dear wanting to check out, let's take a moment to pause and reflect. You've done so much work, even though you don't feel productive. Want to know some secret insight? Diet culture keeps you focused on an outcome and quote, being productive. That's the trap. Can you slow things down and compassionately honor the pain from your cognitive dissonance? You are repairing and not doing anything wrong. Diet culture and trauma have you thinking you're trapped because of your weakness when you've only been in your strength all along. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.